Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. series in First, Thess- First Thessalonians. I always have trouble saying this. First Thessalonians. And I wanted to encourage everyone to read uh, together with us after today. I'm not going to be able to go through everything, but after today, in your own quiet time, if restoration is where God has called you to be, read along this book with us, because there are a lot of things in this book that is really good to help us grow, to help us learn more about who God is and who we are to be as his people, as a member of his church. And uh, when I say go home and read through this, I want to encourage you guys to read through it slowly. And usually I always try to emphasize slowly because when we read slowly, uh, perhaps uh, some of you may be like me, when when I read something, I always feel like I need to go through it quickly. Let's get through this so we can go to something else. But when we read scripture slowly, we allow a certain word to jump out to us. That's how God wants to speak to us. If there's certain things that cause you to be curious, it's like, oh, why is, why is it phrased that way? Go back and read it again. Um, or if it's a, a certain word that will cause you to think, oh, this is more applicable to me, go back and read the verse, read the passage again. Uh, when this happens, this means that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us through scriptures. So keep that in mind, and I always try to remind everyone to just read it slowly in your own quiet time, pay attention to certain things that's jumping out, and dig deeper. Uh, Another way to, um, when you read through scripture, is to look at different translations. Um, I know there are many different translations out there. I know some people think you only need to read uh, one certain translation, but uh, read through it in a different translation to help us get a better idea better understanding. Uh, I usually just use the NIV because that's how I first came to learn how to read the Bible. But there are different times when I read different translations to help me catch and have a better idea of what God is trying to say. You know, we have the NIV, the ESV, the King James, KJV, the Passion, the ASV, anything? SV? Any other SV out there? Um, But anyway, go through a different translation once in a while. Use Bible commentaries. To, uh, to read scriptures or study Bible. Um, these are books written by theologians who have spent many years studying scriptures so they can give us a lot more insight in terms of what's going on. Uh, if you want some recommendations, come and let me know. I would be happy to give you some recommendations. And uh, maybe one last thing, to, to help with those who may not be familiar and, and don't really know how to read the Bible is... Uh, a tool that is really good for me when I first learned to read the Bible is from blueletterbible.org. I know some of the Bible students are familiar with this, but I know that doesn't apply to everyone. Blueletterbible.org Blue is a really good website and resource for us to dig deeper and get a better meaning of certain words. What does it mean in the Greek? What, and, and without you having to spend time studying, you can look it up and it will help you have a better understanding. So I just thought I'd um, share some of those tools. If you knew about these things already, it's good to be reminded. But if you didn't know that, 
Uh, these are the tools to help us read the Bible as we go through this book together. And, and together, we can have and grow in our revelation of Jesus. And that is what we want, right? All of us to grow in our revelation of Jesus instead of just a few. So, um, all right. Very briefly on the background in, uh, of the church in Thessalonica, we know that Paul helped start the Thessalonians church from Acts chapter 17. Uh, he was there for only a short time, sharing the gospel of Jesus. Even in a span of a few days, many people came to believe in Jesus. Uh, as expected, anytime you talk about Jesus, there was a riot. So um, when Jesus preached, there will be a riot. Whenever you bring up the name of Jesus, there will be conflict. So uh, there was a riot because, as I said, the gospel was preached, and of course, so Paul had to leave the city uh, and and. Because there was a riot, there's proof that the devil knows who God is. And he does not like it when people come to Jesus. That's why they cause a riot to like bring trouble to Paul and his team. And the spirit of opposition will always rise up when God, the one true living God, is lifted up. And when he is setting people free and when he's breaking off chains and when he's, he's setting people, breaking off um, addictions and depression or anxiety or generational sins, the devil will always rise up to prevent that from happening. So shortly after Paul had to leave, he wrote this letter to the church in Thessalonica to encourage them to remain steadfast and commend them on their faith, their love, and their hope in Jesus Christ. So that's a very brief background on First Thessalonians. Okay, so hopefully you have found First Thessalonians First Thessalonians by now, but if you haven't, it will be in the background on the slides for you. So let's look at verse one. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. This letter is coming from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. I want to point out the importance of team, working together as a team in the kingdom of God. This concept of team applies to leadership, and non-leadership roles. So don't just think, well, you need a team of leaders and that's it. But for us, even when we're not on the leadership team, we still need to operate and function together as a team. That's why God put us in a church family together. God has called Paul for a unique uh, reason, but he has also put a team of people around him. So he, he could have traveled alone to all these missionary trips, but he didn't. He did not. He understood the importance of team in the kingdom of God. There is always a team in the kingdom of God. If there's not a team, we will never have to work on unity. Hence, we will never know what it takes to have unity, right? Because it's always easy to do things on your own. Is that true? I mean, am I the only guy who thinks that, right? It's always easy just, you know what? This is what I want to do, so I'm going to go do it. No one's going to tell me I'm wrong. So it's always easy, but when we work on a team, it's mostly to work on ourselves. It's like, oh wait, I'm kind of selfish. Oh wait, I don't want to like, accept other opinions. So God wants us to work on the team to help us grow. Uh, so to be on the team and then we can enjoy the benefit of being on the team, of being unity. And that is a place where God will pull out, God's blessing pulls out abundantly. The things that we talked about, that. to be in the team, to be a part of a local church family, to be a part of a body, that's where God's blessing, that's where he pulls out his blessing. 
we know this perfect example of unity team is Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're always together, three and one, one and three. Um, we're never meant to be a lone ranger. Um, that's like, that was one of the things that was a struggle for me when I came to know Jesus because I think just like some of you, you grew up on your own, you did your own thing, you, you know, you're dependent on yourself, you, you work for yourself, and you take care of yourself. But once you become a follower of Jesus, you become a member of a team, the ultimate team, right? The Avenger team, can I say that? The Avenger team, right? The team that cannot be beaten, that will always win somehow. That's what we are. So we're never meant to be alone. God knew this when he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And that's not just a marriage. That is for all things. It's in the team, for us to be within the team. So overall, otherwise, we will, just one more thing about being on the team is, we will be easy picking for the devil when we are alone. The devil loves it when we are alone. And I don't mean just alone as me as a lone person, but alone as like a couple alone even. Within a family, a couple, when you are alone, the devil will come and it's easy picking. It's almost like you're shining the light for the devil to come. It's like, pick on me. So do not be alone. Work within the team uh, because sometimes when we are by ourselves, we may think that we know. Right? We may think, oh, this is where I need to go. I need to cross that jungle and pioneer when maybe we shouldn't. Or maybe in the time where we may think, oh, that jungle is pretty bad. I don't want to go, but that's when we should go through the jungle. So to be in the team will help us to encourage us, strengthen us, challenge us, rebuke us, and, uh, and we will learn what is the calling of God has on our lives. So right after the introduction of Paul, Silas, and Timothy, I just wanted to take a couple minutes to talk about the importance of team uh, within the context of the kingdom. Um, and then right after that, it said the church of the Thessalonians in God. In God. And it's not for God. It's not even because of God. I like the King James Version for this verse a lot. It's the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God and in God the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of it as the church of Thessalonians in Christ. Like I am in Christ. The church of Thessalonians in Christ. This church is, think of it like a branch, like a branch and a vine. The branch being God and Jesus, the vine is the church. It needs to be in Christ, in church, in God the Father, connected together. And the church exists through God and in God. This means that the existence of this church in Thessalonica was supernatural, a supernatural church. Right? It was not simply a social club. It was not simply a religious organization or even an entertainment center. I use the entertainment center because sometimes we're so used to like the church, like what can the church do for me? Does it have a good kids ministry program? Does it have nice lights and sounds and um, things that can provide for me? How's the coffee? We do have good coffee. By the way, I like coffee. How's the coffee? Does it have donuts? Does it have things? It's becoming an entertainment center versus the church is a supernatural church that exists because of God and is for God. And, and this means the church was conscious because it's in God, conscious that God was her source of energy, her source of, of, of uh, her guide and her protection. The church was energetically serving God. Therefore, this church of the Thessalonians was conscious or was aware of the presence of God. 
So this definition should apply to churches worldwide. I believe this is how it should be for all the churches back then and now. So I trust that we can say the same thing when someone writes a letter to us at Restoration. Hopefully they will say, to the Restoration Church in God. So let's go to verse um, two and three. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. When we work together to advance God's kingdom, we're all on the same team. And it is nice to know that there are people praying for us and who have people that we have partnership with, people we have relationship with, praying for us, just as when we pray for others. Uh, For those of you who were here last Wednesday during our corporate worship and prayer time, we used that time to pray for another church plant in East Harlem. And as we were growing up and still growing up now, I know that there are other churches that are praying for us. So that's what it means to work together as a team is to take a focus of us and think about others, praying for others. So Paul and his team remember without ceasing, that's the King James Version, about the people that has all the hallmarks of the church in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. And those hallmarks are what? Faith, love, and hope. The thing is, it's very easy to say we have those things, right? Right? Can I say that? Talk is cheap. I know if you are here any amount of time, you have heard me say that before. It's easy to say a lot of things. We can say anything. We can be an expert at anything. There's so many books out there, expert for dummy, right? How to be a mechanic for dummy. How to be a preacher for dummy. How to be a professional engineer for dummy. You can say a lot of different things. But what is being produced by your life, that is the fruit of whether you actually know something or not. So so these three things, right? We can say that we have faith in Jesus Christ, we have love for Jesus Christ, we have hope for Jesus, the hope of glory. Anyone can say those things, but we must also have outward signs of how we live according to those three things. So one is work produced by faith. So work, this this word translates as a primary occupation. It means it's in a business or in terms of employment. So this means consistency in what we do. Through our faith in Jesus, we remain consistent in our walk with him, continually learning and growing in our revelation of Jesus. Like for an example, when we show up for work, we work for Jesus. Like, you know, there are some mornings where I don't feel like getting up. Maybe I'm the only guy here. I know everyone always just like spring right up, right out of bed, but there are some mornings where you don't feel like going to work, but it's okay. We go to work for Jesus, work produced by faith, through our faith in Jesus, and we know that we're not doing it for ourselves, um, we, we are not doing it for our bosses, or we're not doing it for our paycheck, because we put our trust in Jesus, and he will provide for us. Uh, like an example is we know that even though our job, you may not like it, but God has us here for this job, for this position, for this season, for a reason. So we go and do those things because of our faith in Jesus. And the next hallmark is our labor prompted by love. And I was trying to use that example to help us understand how practically for us nowadays to live out that term, work produced by faith. And our labor prompted by love. Labor, this word means 
the struggle or difficulties as in challenges. So we can overcome challenges with our love for Jesus or overcome challenges because of our understanding of his love for us. We overcome our challenges, we overcome our struggles because of the love of Jesus. And those, those things can be anything. You know, it can be like many, many things like daily life that we go through, not being acknowledged uh, for what we do, others uh, thinking negatively of us, or not seeing breakthroughs. I know those are challenges and those are struggles. However, we're not easily discouraged. Because why? Because we know our love for Jesus and his love for us. That's why we labor through whatever challenges and obstacles we have because of our love for Jesus, and because of his love for us. We seek approval and affirmation from God, not from people. So that's how we can push through. And the third hallmark is what? Endurance inspired by hope. We endure not because I want to buy a new car, so I'm just going to put up with this so I can make money. We endure. We, 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 endurance inspired by hope. So the, word, the endurance, this word translates as a steadfast, a perseverance. We don't give up because we know that we have a hope in Jesus. We're not citizens of this world. It's, it's almost like you go through some tough, tough times and you know that it's going to be over, right? Because we will get through this. If anyone has gone through a tough time or challenges, we can use COVID. Can I use COVID? Maybe COVID is still going on. That might, be, that might not be a good example. During COVID, at least we knew that it will be over soon. We will be able to get back together and gather together. Wait, maybe that may not be a good example. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you guys understand what I'm trying to say. So as we go through this, we recognize that it will be over soon. The same thing as we know that we don't belong here. We don't belong in this world. We belong somewhere else. We belong to a different group of people. We belong to the kingdom of God. So we can have the endurance and we go through this and we push through it because of our inspiration for Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, the Alpha and the Omega, who was and is and is to come. So we're not people who only talk about our faith, our love, and our endurance. Through the leading and the strengthening of the Holy Spirit, let us be the people who are in God, the Father, and in Jesus, who exhibit work produced by faith, labor prompted by love, and endurance inspired by hope. So that's how together we can respond to what God has put before us. Like those are the three characteristics that will help us to know how can we say we are the people who are in Christ through those three things, our faith, our love, and our hope. So let's move to verse four. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. So for those of you who read this, he has chosen you. The first thing that came to mind to me was like predestination. Like, man, that is a complicated theological topic that I do not want to touch and talked about. But I just felt like the best way to simplify that is obey Jesus. If you really want to know how to work through predestinations, obey Jesus. Because obey Jesus is the most simplified explanation for the complexity of this theory. Because obey Jesus is how we will discover 
God's predestined plan for us. So it's almost like, have you guys ever gone through something where you look back, using COVID, okay, this is a perfect example for COVID now. Looking back, you knew it wasn't that bad, right? But as you were going through COVID, you're probably wondering, what is going on? Is the economy gonna crash? The world's coming to an end. Is it apocalypse? Is it the zombies gonna come alive? Do we have to like live through the Walking Dead TV series? As you were going through it, you don't really know what's going on. But the one thing that we can do is to obey Jesus. Because as we obey Jesus, and as we get to this point, we can look back and recognize, oh, I get it. I understand why God led me through those struggles and the obstacles so I can grow in maturity and walk into the fullness of what God has for me. So to say all that is obey Jesus. If you want to know what God's plan for you down the road, obey Jesus and we will get to see it down the road, step by step, step by step, obey Jesus. I know I'm really simplifying a very complicated theological topic, but I want to encourage all of us just to obey Jesus and we will get to see what God's plan for us down the road and know why he has chosen us for a specific calling. Uh, So just obey him and we will find out his predestined plan for us. Obey Jesus, and we will get to experience the fruit of his amazing goodness over our lives and over our children's lives. All right, so move past the predestination theological topic. Let's go to verse 5. So because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. Not simply with words, but also with power. The church that is in Christ must have Word and power. Must have word and power. Must have the preaching of the word, scriptures, and the teaching and the operating of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, the church will be very unbalanced. With just scripture, well, I just say with just the word only, if we just don't really pray, be in tune to the presence of the Holy Spirit, it will become very dry. No life. I do not want to be any part of the church that has no life, no joy. We may think that we have joy, but if there isn't a supernatural joy, why? It's just another group. I belong to many different organizations. I don't need to belong to another organization. I want to do the things that God has for us. That means we need to be a church that has both the Word and the Spirit. So if we have just power, Right? You probably have heard of some of the very charismatic church. Everybody can act whatever they want, be whatever they want, because the Holy Spirit is upon me. I'm just going to run and yell and scream and do whatever. There's no boundary. There's no safety. There's no protection. If it is just the power only. So the church of Jesus is, that Jesus is building must have both word and power the Holy Spirit, both to have order and to have life, to have freedom and to have obedience and follow the things that God is leading us to do. Because if you don't have this, you're just going to do what you want to do. You're just going to do what you feel like doing. And for those who are parents, that's not what you want your kids to do, right? Anyone? No? Okay. All right. I will assume that you agree with me if you are the parents. The church that Jesus is building must have both the word and the power. So it goes on to say, you know how we lived among you for your sake. 
you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Uh, just a couple things here in this, in, in this uh, verse. Paul and his team led by example for the sake of others. They did it for the sake of others. It's not because, look at me. I'm so, they did it for the sake of others. They led by examples. Leaders need to lead by example. In the kingdom of God, leader needs to lead by example. The, through the willingness to do whatever it takes. Because I share, the, share this with the elders and with the leaders uh, always. Like, if you're not willing to mop the water on the floor, don't ask anyone else to do it. If you're not able to pick up the trash, don't ask anyone to do it. We need to lead by example. We need to be able to do the things that if we're going to ask someone to do it. That's the, that's the example that we see in scriptures. We want to be leaders according to this. Leaders need to live out the characteristics listed above. We need to have faith, love, hope, obedience to Jesus, both word and power being exhibited in our lives. So we do these things in the midst of severe suffering because of the joy given by the Holy Spirit. The joy given by the Holy Spirit is not like someone's being optimistic. You know, I, I think someone used to, uh, to tell me, like, Hugh, you're always so optimistic. It's like, yeah, maybe, but you haven't seen when I'm all down and depressed and don't see what's going on? That's optimistic is not like a, a personality. It's the joy that you get from the Holy Spirit in the midst of, se- of severe suffering. That is something supernatural. That is something that we need, and that's why it's important to have the Holy Spirit operating in our lives, in the life of the church. Uh, so, so optimistic is just a personality. You pretend to be optimistic, but the joy of the Holy Spirit, others can see that. We find the joy given by the Holy Spirit regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. You know, Marie was just up here. Using Marie as an example, she's gone through a lot, but there's always the joy of the Holy Spirit in her, and that is what we want to have all the time. And we want to find ourselves in. And um, let's go on to the next, uh, the next verse 7 and verse 8. And so you will become a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Let that sink in. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. The Lord's message rang out from you, and your faith in God has become known everywhere. So obviously, this is a big, big, a big picture, right, of the church. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. That's the ultimate result. That's what we would like to see. That's what we would love to see is our faith and restoration in God has become known everywhere. So how do we do that? How do we do that? It's just in our daily life. Let our faith be known in our daily life, in our small circles of influence, in our spheres. And then as together, it will ring out. It may start in this neighborhood. Can we say that our faith in God is known in this neighborhood? Can we say that our faith in God is known in this city? Can we say that our faith in God is known in this, in this, in this nation? Probably not yet, but it's okay. We can slowly work on that and share our faith 
and live out our faith and talk to people, just like Marie, every day, praise God. People can see your faith in, in us. And we want people to, around us to know of our faith or our message that Jesus is our Savior. We do not want people to think, well, he was always optimistic and he's always seemed kind of like at rest. We need to follow that up with why is that? Because of Jesus. Otherwise, we're taking on the credit. It's like, oh, he's, you know, Toby is pretty relaxed and, and comfortable. Anthony is always at rest. Why is that? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Share that with those around us. That's how we share the message. Your message rang out everywhere. And share about Jesus and what he has done for us. And your faith in God has become known everywhere. Happened with the Thessalonians, not because a few church leaders. You guys see where I'm going to go with this, right? Or a few people who love ministry. Your faith, as in everyone. If I can say that, your faith at Restoration, everyone here at Restoration. Not just the people who sit in the front row, not just the people who's on the stage or just the leaders. Your faith, our faith, rang out everywhere, meaning everyone. Paul was commanding the people at the church in Thessalonians, Thessalonica, your faith. And that's what we want to use as an example also, is our faith rang out, all of us. Share the faith of Jesus. Share the message of Jesus. All right, let's, I'm going to end with um, verse 9 for this morning. It's, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. I'm just going to quickly say that turn to God from idols. This is both in our lifestyle and our posture as we're turning towards God. Then we must turn away from something else. So before... We were looking to our lifestyles, our behaviors, making decisions according to what we were taught, according to what we knew, according to what everyone else told us. But because of Jesus, now we turn towards God, leaving everything else behind. We want to physically, with our hearts, with our minds, with our bodies, with our passion, with our desires, with our motivation to completely turn toward God so we can receive all that he has for us. Just like an example, if, if you're going to pull out your, you're going to give a gift to someone, right? An example, if you're going to give a gift to someone and they just kind of like, oh yeah, here, thank you. How would you feel? Versus, thank you. Then you want to pull out everything that you have. So for me, for our family, I want to encourage all of us is receive all that God has for us. So the only way to do that is turn toward God completely, wholeheartedly, 100%. So maybe if I can use the term, go all in. Go all in. Don't, all in doesn't mean quit your job and do full-time ministry. I don't know what that means. All in means turn toward God. Everything that we do, our heart, our desire, the decisions that we make, how we parent, how we choose uh, where to live, make important decisions according to what God has for us. That's what it means to go all in. We don't need everyone going full-time ministry. There's no one else out there on the, on, on, you know, in the business world for sharing the gospel. If everyone's doing full-time ministry, there's no one sharing the message out there. So 
Turn to God. Turn to God from idols. Okay, I need to bring this to a close really quickly. Um, so I want to bring this morning to a close with verse 8. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. I just want to say that over us again. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. I want to point out that this letter was addressed again to the whole church in Thessalonica. Thessalonica. The whole church, not just a few people. So all of us together, all of us together, let our faith in God become known to everyone around us. Everyone that we know. Everyone that we come in contact with. You don't need to go around and say that every, all the time, but they need to shout it. But they need to know that. Like, we're living for Jesus. We have rest and peace and joy because of Jesus. It's not because my life is so good, I have a good paying job, I have a pretty wife, I have... Oh, I'm sorry, just... <laughs> I do. And uh, oh, oh, yeah, you're going to say the same thing about your spouses. Um, or, or just what have you. It's because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. So let our faith in God become known to everyone around us. So, as I said, start small on a daily basis. Once we are able to faithfully do that every day, God will open doors for us into the nation. And I truly believe that. God has that plan for this church of restoration. That's why our vision is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that's not just means Chicago. Yes, it means Chicago and everywhere else, all the cities and the nations. God wants to use us. So let's be faithful with the little, and he will open doors for us to share about our faith in God everywhere else. So let's aim to be like the image of the church in Thessalonica. Let us turn towards the image of the living God, just like this church. Amen. Okay, that's, um, I, I need to end that because I have a few more things and you guys don't need to hear that. Um, all right, so uh, I, I just realized I was very abrupt. Why don't we guys all stand up? Stretch your legs for a little bit. I, um, I know it's been a long morning so far, but uh, I'm going to pray, and uh, we're going to end the meeting, and I do want to say we, I want to encourage you guys, go downstairs after this, because we, we're going to have a water baptism right after the service. So come and join us, um, and the, just, What? Oh, and anyone else who is here and you have not been baptized or you don't remember getting baptized, if you don't remember getting baptized, it didn't count. So you did not get baptized. So if you want to get baptized, and just very briefly, baptism is to do this according to what Jesus has taught, has taught us. It's a public declaration to say, I'm dying to, to myself and I'm rising up to Jesus. And actually, Jesus did it himself. In um, Matthew 3, verse 15, when he said, it is proper to do this to fulfill all righteousness. So we want to do and follow the teachings of Jesus and do the things that he taught us to do. So if you didn't get baptized and you want to get baptized, we'll do it right now. We do have some extra towels, I think. Um, you will get wet. <laughs> Just so you know, you will get wet. But anyway, um, all right, so let's pray. Uh, I can... Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for this morning. We're so thankful for what you are doing. We're so thankful that 
you're moving among your people. We just ask, Holy Spirit, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will continue to move among your people. Pull out your joy, pull out your rest, pull out your peace, just pull out your presence upon us that we can be even more aware of your presence. Give us the strength and the bonus to continue to obey you, to follow you, to completely, wholeheartedly turn to you, Jesus, and turn away from our past, our behaviors, our past lifestyles and our past thinking, but completely turn to you, towards you every day, not just Sunday morning, but every day in our lives. We love you, we praise you, and we honor you, and we're so thankful for you. We pray to all these things in your amazing name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.